Why choose Loyola University Chicago's Accelerated BSN program? If you've already earned a non-nursing bachelor's degree, it helps you earn a Bachelor of Science in Nursing degree in just 16 months. But that's not all. The Loyola University Chicago ABSN program gives you the nursing skills, the clinical experience, the Jesuit Catholic education, and the name recognition to stand out with employers. Choose from two program formats, online or face-to-face. Search Loyola University Chicago ABSN to learn more. Here's what's going on the day's Sports Stove podcast. We'll do an NFL draft recap, talking about winning, winners and losers and the great quarterback fall of 2022. We'll cover some other topics, time-dependent as well. That's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Hey, good-looking, what you got cooking? Welcome in to that all show podcast presented by Shocked Energy. Go to shockedenergy.com. Use the code STOVE. Get 10% off your purchase of this no sugar. Low carbs. That doesn't sound right. No calories. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm a great partner for Shocked Energy. Uh, they got flavored watermelon and also green apple. Go to shockedenergy.com. Use the code STOVE, 10% off your purchase. Uh, welcome in. And uh, dad's back with me after the uh, long weekend of the NFL draft. Uh, Dad, was it everything you hoped it would be? Yes, it was. It was a really good draft. And like I said, with the Packers having lots of picks, it kept me kind of interested in all the different rounds and um, kept up with quite a bit of it. Didn't watch all of it, but definitely kept up with uh, what was going on on pretty much through the whole draft. So, yeah, I I think, you know, again, um, it was up in the air from the beginning, not knowing what direction it was going to go. And it definitely lived up to that in the middle of the first round. I thought it was fun. Uh, of course, I watched the entire first round, the pretty much the entire second and third round, and then um, a good bit of Saturday's uh, fourth or seventh round as well. I, I really enjoyed the draft, so spent a lot of time uh, there. Got to spend some time Saturday at the uh, Eastern Kentucky University spring game for football, so went out and enjoyed a little spring football as well. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, we're going to talk a lot about the draft here today. We're going to get into some other topics if we have time at the end as well. Uh, Dan, let's start with the Green Bay Packers, just because we're Packer fans. Get this out of the way. Um, everybody said wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Obviously, when they got to pick 22, there really wasn't any first-round wide receivers there uh, for them to take, so they don't go wide receiver in the first round. They do go wide receiver in the second round. They also get another guy in the fourth round. Uh, are you pleased with the receivers the Packer took, uh, Packers took and how much of an impact will those rookies have here in year one? I, I, I think I think they did well. Again, I think they wanted to get a guy earlier in the first round. You know, I've heard they tried to to move up. You know, wasn't able to do that, and um, so they definitely had a, one more guy they were after and moved up to get him in the second round. He has great potential as far as he's got the speed, he's got the size. Um, you know, the only question to be, you know, he played at North Dakota State, so you know, did he play against the competition? Um, I think that's the main question. I'm real intrigued about the the other kid, Romeo from Nevada. Uh, looks like that could be, you know, one that uh, has potential to be real good. I think all these guys are returners, and then they got one in the seventh round too. It's got great size, six three or whatever from Nebraska, and uh, be interesting to see. I think they've helped themselves. I've noticed already on the undrafted free agents, they brought in uh, two or three wide receivers there. So I think they have plenty of people uh, for the competition. And um, I, you know, you never know. They could still try to do something with a trade. I don't believe there's much out there in free agency, but um, I, I think they're pretty happy with where they're headed. And, you know, if either one of those guys turns out to be really good in his first year, um, you know, they're in pretty good shape. 
Yeah, they're going to need them to be good. Uh, I mean, honestly, unless they go out and do something crazy that we're not expecting. My thought was that uh, Arizona, they went out and got Hollywood Brown. I thought, wonder if DeAndre Hopkins is available. Uh, I don't think that he is, but I thought that's an interesting interesting thing to watch and kind of see maybe maybe there's some availability there. I don't know. Of course, wide receivers got traded during the draft. Uh, A.J. Brown, we'll talk about that here in a moment as well. So uh, plenty of excitement in the draft. So let's get right into it, Dad. With uh, Let's start with the winners of the draft. I've got a lot. I thought a lot of teams did really well in this draft. So I got a bunch of guys. Basically, when I think of winners, I think of a high draft grade. If I would give them an A, A plus, A minus, somewhere in that range is kind of what I look as winners to some degree. But uh, I guess you could always determine this different way. So uh, who's the first winner you had or a winner you had in the in the draft this week? Uh, I think it'd be the Jets. I think they did a really good job, uh, helped herself in, in a lot of areas. I think they have players that could make a big difference right away, and they had a need for that. And um, it, it, it looked like they took advantage of their spot in the draft pretty well. I agree with you 100%. They got what many people said was the number one cornerback in Sauce Gardner, uh, what several thought was the number one receiver in Garrett Wilson, what most thought was the number one running back in Brees Hall, and they get trade back into the first round to get Jermaine Johnson, who is a top two, three, uh, I guess top three, four edge rusher in this draft, and they get him at number 26 overall. They go out and get a tight end uh, to add some depth there as well. So I thought the Jets probably had the best draft of everybody, uh, in my opinion. I love what they got. I think they can step up right away. It still all comes down to Zach Wilson, right? Whatever Zach Wilson is is what the Jets will be this year. But I think they did some things to get a lot better very quickly there in New York. So I agree with you uh, on that as well. Uh, A winner that I had, Dad, outside of the Jets was Baltimore. I thought Baltimore did some really special things. They were able to move back. Uh, They get the number one safety in the draft in Kyle Hamilton at number 14. They trade uh, uh, down again in the first round and get Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa, which is pretty good. In the second round, they pick up David Ojabo. In the third round, they get Travis Jones, who some people had as an upper second-round pick. Uh, there they get an offensive lineman from Minnesota. I cannot pronounce his name, Daniel Falele, um, who many people think can could develop into something special there on the offensive line as well. Cornerback from Alabama in the fourth. Uh, they made some some positive things. I like the tight end. They had a ton of fourth fourth round picks. Uh, they got a tight end there, Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina, that I'm high on as well. So uh, I thought a really interesting selection here uh, for. Uh, Baltimore. They actually drafted two tight ends, Dad, um, in this draft as well. So, and of course, they got Mark Andrews in house also. So, plenty of things going there for Baltimore. I thought they were pretty good winners here in this draft as well. Yes, they they were one of the teams I had up there. I, I think they definitely did a great job. All right, who else you got in your list? Winners. Uh, Philadelphia. You know, surprised about that. Don't know about the Eagles. Um, have been one that, but it seemed like they made good picks. And again, I think, um, you know, help themselves there. So I, I had the Eagles down as a good job. Yeah, I had the Eagles as a winner as well. One of the main reasons is they acquired A.J. Brown in this draft. Um, and all they had to give up was one one first-round draft pick for it, pretty much. So uh, they get A.J. Brown. I'm going to count that as part of their draft grade. They get Jordan Davis from Georgia, who I was really high on. Everybody was really high on. Uh, they get Nicobe Dean in the third round. Now there's, you know, he's got a, a an injury that he doesn't want to get surgery on, but to be able to get a guy that most people had slotted, not most people, everybody had slotted in the first round, to be able to get him in the third round is a huge steal and an opportunity there uh, to make the most. They had very few picks. They ended up with five draft picks uh, in the whole week, and uh, two of those draft picks are guys that should start on their defensive line or defense for a long time. Uh, Cameron Jurgens from Nebraska center, uh, interior lineman they get in the second round as well to see if maybe he is the heir apparent there at center for the Eagles. But a huge day for the Eagles. Getting A.J. Brown was a big part of that for sure. Um, you think A.J. Brown, what, what does that do for the Eagles? Yes, I mean, he, he's been very, very, very productive for the Titans. And, um, you know, I think it'll, it'll help, um, Jalen Hurts and, um, he should do, he should be a great help. He's, he's, he's a really good wide receiver and he's young. 
yeah, he's young. Uh, I mean, they have to pay him, but it's not, you know, I'm going to pay him 25 million a year for your 100 year, 100 million contract. Uh, you got Devontae Smith on the other side that spreads, you know, uh, opens it up a little bit too. So the Eagles are doing a part, but again, just like the Jets, it kind of comes back to quarterback. Jalen Hurts can play anywhere close to potential. They could be a really good team and could definitely uh, battle some things there for the uh, for the Eagles. Their odds for the Super Bowl went from 50 to 1 to 40 to 1 after the A.J. Brown trade. Uh, I believe their win total for next year is currently at 8.5, so still kind of low. Uh, but in that East, you know, that NFC East hasn't been that great as of late as well. Uh, what's another winner you got? Um, I think Kansas City did real well for picking late and uh, making the moves they did. Um, I, I, I think they, um, you know, they, they helped strengthen themselves a little bit. Uh, I'm 100% with you again. Trent McDuffie from Washington, they get him at number 21. I had him slotted to go up in the top 12. Um, George Karloftis, we both kind of liked him at that similar range, number 30. Uh, so a good pick up there. They get Sky Moore in the second round at wide receiver. Brian Cook from Cincinnati to safety in the second round. Leo Chennault, uh, linebacker from Wisconsin, uh, there in the third round. They get Darian Kennard in the fifth round, Kentucky offensive guard. He fell on the draft board because apparently he had some political views that people didn't like. Uh, but he's a solid offensive lineman, and they've already got a solid offensive line, but he adds some good depth uh, to them as well. I love the McDuffie, Karloftis picks. I think the Sky Moore pick is pretty solid too, and then Chanel, Cook, Kennard, uh, all good picks. So I'm with you. I think Kansas City did well. Uh, still question what they're going to look like this year, just not having Tyreek Hill, but they've done a lot to add pieces there to that offense. So Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore all step in uh, to go with McCole Hardman. Uh, there and hopefully uh, for Kansas City's sake, hopefully they get get things rolling there again. Um, how many more winners you got? Um, I've actually got definitely one one more. I think. All right, go ahead and give me your last one. Um, I think it would be Detroit. Um, I think they helped themselves. I don't know about their full draft class, but you know they got two guys that should be dynamic players. Now Williams, we don't know how quick he's going to get on the field, um, but to get a wide receiver, I think most people thought you know he has the most potential of all of them. Even though um, you know Kip Wilson was is really good, highly ranked too, and I think Hutchinson is going to be a great player for him, and it'll fit well with him being a Michigan guy. Um, it, it, it's it's going to help the fan base as well. Yeah, I didn't have them as my winners. I, I agree with you. I think Hutchinson and Williams were big-time picks. Josh Paschal, seen him play here in Lexington um, as a solid player. I give them more in that B-plus B range on my draft grade, which is why I didn't have them as a winner. But I definitely think you're right. I think they improved, improved their team uh, for sure in the draft. And having Hutchinson be there at two uh, was a big win for Detroit. And then they made the move to go up and get Jamison Williams. And uh, once he's recovered, he should be a pretty solid receiver. Uh, a couple other teams that I had, Dad. Carolina uh, is an interesting team. I've got them as winners. They get the best offensive lineman in Aquanu there at number six. They're patient. Uh, they don't trade up and reach. They wait. In the third round, they get Matt Corral at quarterback, and, and he can come in and compete. Uh, and you're not losing anything, really, if he doesn't doesn't get anything. He's the 30th pick in the third round. So uh, they got time to work with him there. Uh, Brandon Smith uh, from Penn State, a linebacker. Amari Barno fell down the boards all the way to the sixth round. He was slotted to go closer to the upper third round. Uh, so he made a fall. Uh, so they got him in the sixth round. They also had Cade Mays, dad, a Tennessee offensive lineman. Had a lot of success at Tennessee and should should produce well, I think, in the pros, too. So I've got Carolina as one of my winners. Um, Houston is another team. you got some of these lower-end teams that picked high this year. I like what Houston did. They get Stingley, their guy, at number three. Um, that'll It's kind of a wait and see. I think Sauce Gardner was the safer pick, but Stingley's got a ton of talent somewhere in there. Kenyon Green, uh, offensive lineman, they get him at their second pick in the first round. They actually moved down a couple spots and get him. They get Petrie from Baylor, the slot-slash-safety. Uh, John Mechie in the second round, wide receiver from Alabama, uh, is good. Christian Harris, inside linebacker, is really good. Damian Pierce, the running back from Florida, is really good. So they've got some guys there in this draft that I think really made them a better team. So I went with them, and then I also went with Jacksonville Dad. Of course, they had the number one overall pick two years in a row. And uh, Jacksonville, 
I thought it was very fortunate with the way the board fell to him. They go Trayvon Walker at one. That's a wait and see pick uh, because there's a lot of question marks around exactly what he'll be, especially in year one. But they get Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from, from Utah that most people had as the number one linebacker. Um, if not, he was the number two inside linebacker. They get a starting center in Luke Fortner at the third round. And then they get another starting linebacker, Chad Muma. I said it before the draft. He was one of my favorite players, um, not in the first round. And uh, they get him in the third round as well. So I really like what Jacksonville did. I, you know, the Trevon Walker one is questionable to some degree, but everybody had him as a top six pick. So it's, it's not like a huge reach to take him number one. That's the guy they went for and the guy they liked. What do you think about Jacksonville and Houston specifically? Um, I, I agree both of them. Definitely Houston, I think, you know, we talked about they just needed players and they needed to not miss. And I, it looks like they've got some guys that can play. So, you know, again, if if Lovey Smith can get things in the right direction, I think, you know, locker room-wise and everything, um, you know, they've still got a lot of needs, but they got guys that should help them and it should be a good base for a few years. And Jacksonville, like I said, they they got some good players, and we know for sure about Walker um, as time goes on. But, um, you know, made made some good picks and should have helped themselves too. All right. We're going to go to losers of the draft now. I'll go first because I think I've got at least one more than you do. So I'll start it off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I thought they reached with their first pick. Uh, They traded down first pick of the second round. They go Logan Hall with Houston. I just felt like there was better talent on the board then Logan Hall. Then from there, they go Godecki, uh, Central Michigan offensive lineman. They go with a running back in the third round, um, a punter in the fourth round. He's a good punter and all, and you got to get him, so I guess it's fine. But to me, it's just a very underwhelming draft from Tampa. Uh, didn't do a whole lot to help him out this year. And honestly, I don't think they did a ton to help him out in the years to come as far as guys that can turn into legit stars in this league. So I put Tampa as my loser. Uh, would they make your list of losers? Um, no, but that, you know, that, that makes sense. So, um, yeah, no, I, again, you know, this draft, I think most everyone did well. There were some that, you know, didn't as far as being horrible losers. I don't know, but I, no, I didn't have them. So. All right. Who's, who's somebody on your list then? Well, um, as you could guess, um, and I would enjoy it, but I, I don't think Dallas helped herself. I don't believe they did real well in this draft. I, you know, they got a guy that could be a good offensive tackle for them, but um, compared to the last few years when they've got some real impact players, I'm not sure they helped themselves a lot. Where the other teams in their division, at least two of them, I think, with the Giants and the Eagles, did. Yeah, when I look at losers, I look at really the top of the draft for them to see if they got anybody that's going to impact things. Because the later you get in the rounds, especially fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, it's kind of, you know, everything's kind of hit or miss. Dallas, I, they made my loser list as well, Dad. Tyler Smith, I just felt like there was better talent on the board than Tyler Smith. And then from there, they didn't really grow with anybody that makes a ton of sense that just jumps out as as great gets. Jake Ferguson, the tight end in the fourth round, Okay, they, not a huge need for Dallas, but you got to have backups too. So there's that as well. I yeah, I was not impressed with Dallas's draft this year either. So they made my loser list as well. Uh, another one on my list, Dad, is the New England Patriots. Uh, New England came out; they went with a big reach, going with Cole Strange in the first round. Um, you know, again, that's the guy that they just had to have, I guess. But I thought that was a major reach there. They go with a Baylor wide receiver in the second round. Not my favorite receiver either on the board or even available. Fourth round, they go Bailey Zappi, the Western Kentucky quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, again, you got to have backups. I, I understand all that, but they've got backups. <laughs> they got Brian Hoyer. Uh, they still got Jared Stidham on the, on the roster. Uh, it just, I don't know. I was really surprised by this draft. You're always kind of wondering what they're going to do. This one, I just sit back and go, this one doesn't make sense to me. So I put the New England Patriots on my loser list. Um, No, I can agree with what you said there. There's no question about that. Um, You know, Belichick always does interesting things. But, yeah, I mean, you kind of stand back and look and think that maybe somebody just threw darts from the back of the room on this one. So you don't know. Yeah, if you have to try to prove that you're smarter than everyone else, are you really smarter than everyone else? That's it. Um, So, okay, who's another, another loser on your list? 
Um, they didn't have a lot of picks, but I don't think they made any real noise to help themselves would be Indianapolis. I like Indianapolis, but I, I don't see where they got a lot of help in this draft. They didn't have a lot of picks. And, and um, again, I think any of the teams that were short on picks, you know, ended up hurting themselves on this one because I think there was a lot of talent there to help, and that's where Indianapolis falls. So I didn't put Indianapolis as a loser. I've got them definitely middle of the pack. Uh, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, wide receiver, you know, but they're picking it. 21 in the second round. So uh, it's that. I like Jelani Woods pick, the third round tight end. Um, I do like him. I thought Bernard Raymond was a great value in the third round as well for them. But I just, again, I didn't think it was horrible, uh, but I didn't put them as a loser. I didn't think they're quite that low. Uh, where I thought you were going that with dad was Miami. Uh, Miami's on my loser list. They only had four draft picks. None of them, in my opinion, are like, oh, wow, great pick. Um, but again, you got them later in the draft, third round, fourth round, two seventh rounders. Um, just not a whole lot there. Drafted a quarterback in the seventh round, uh, Sky, Skylar Thompson from Kansas State. Um, I don't know. I just thought that they kind of missed missed on this draft as well. So Miami's on my loser list. You got another loser? Yes. And again, this is a team with not a lot of picks, even though they made a really good first pick, and that's New Orleans. Um, I think Alave, you know, again, there was some question whether he was quite that high, um, but I think he'll do really well. Uh, outside of that, I mean, I think Penning, you know, has potential to do okay, but then they just didn't have a lot of picks. And, um, you know, they could have benefited, I think, from more good players there. Yeah, Alave I thought was high for him, but I, I'm probably – the NFL probably disagrees with me considering all the trades that went up and got receivers in that area. Trevor Penning is is a question mark in my opinion. I, I knew he would go first round. Just I'm not sure that I'm sold on that being the great pick. Uh, I love Alante Taylor, Dad. He's a cornerback out of Tennessee. Remember when he came into Tennessee as a freshman and the potential that he has there. So I definitely did not put New Orleans as a loser. I thought they were again not not winners, but not losers um, either. My last loser, Dad, is Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati comes in again, not a whole lot of picks. They get three guys that do the same thing. Uh, safety slash slot cover guys, Daxon Hill in Michigan, Cam Taylor Britt from Nebraska, and then Tyson Anderson from Toledo. And I just felt like they spent a lot of draft capital trying to find one person to fill the need. So they took three guys hoping they hit on one of them. I don't know if that's what they're doing. I could be wrong. Obviously they're smarter. They get paid. Uh, to do this, and I do not. So maybe they end up being great picks. Um, I just was not impressed. Again, I don't think a team that made the Super Bowl last year, you want to improve yourself in the draft, and I don't think they did it. They improved themselves in free agency, but I felt like the draft is almost like they mailed it in. Uh, not not impressed at all with the Cincinnati draft pick. Have you been able to hear, listen to any Cincinnati talk yet to hear how, how the fan base has taken it? Uh, I haven't listened to a whole lot, um, you know, over the weekend there, and we'll see. I think, again, they helped themselves in free agency so much. I think this area was where they had need. So I think, you know, but like I said, three players at the same spot may have been a little too much. But um, this this was an area they had to address, and, and hopefully, um, hopefully it helps there. And, again, you know, they didn't have a lot of picks, so. Yeah, you know, in the first round, they took Daxton Hill. They passed on Andrew Booth. He went about, I think, 12 spots later. Um, There's another cornerback or two taken before Andrew Booth went off the board. So I think you had Kyler Gordon from Washington, Andrew Booth from Clemson, all taken after this pick. I felt like both of those guys would have been better than Daxton Hill. And then when they took their second-round pick and drafted the guy from Nebraska, same position, and the fifth-round pick, same position, I was just – I mean, again – if one of them hits and they end up being really good, then I guess it works out just fine. But it seems like you waste draft capital on a year that you're, you know, not that far from championship, you know, for the Super Bowl championship last year. So uh, how they shake it all out, we will see uh, there as well. All right, Dad, I'll give you a couple of quick thoughts and you can give your opinions on it. I went with uh, best value picks of the draft. And so I grabbed just a, a seven of them uh, that stood out to me. Uh, the Titans and uh, Malik Willis, 86th overall pick. Uh, well, let's talk about quarterbacks as a whole, I guess, first. Kenny Pickett goes at number 20 to the Steelers. Then not another quarterback off the board until the third round. Actually, Desmond Ritter, the second quarterback off the board with Atlanta. Then the Titans take Willis. And then 
Uh, Matt Corral goes as well to Carolina. Uh, the reason why I was surprised at this, Dad, is the NFL over the years has not been patient on quarterbacks. They've traded up. They've overvalued them because they had to get a guy. And it seems like this year the teams were content to say, you know what? If we don't get a quarterback this year, it's no big deal. And then when they finally fell to him at a third round, they said, well, might as well take one here. Uh, I was impressed by that. That's what surprised me, not the fact that these quarterbacks were not first-round talent, but that they actually didn't get drafted in the first round. That surprised me. Yes, no, I, I, I think I think they were right. I think if you know very if really if any more would have went in the first round, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been wise. Um, I was a little surprised nobody went up in the second, but I think the third and the fourth is about where a lot of them fit. So um, you know, and, and I think far as the quarterbacks concerned, in most cases, uh, they ended up being in a probably a fairly good situation for them. So. Yeah, 100%. Let's talk about – well, let's talk about Pickett. He he made my worst value. Um, he went number 20 to Pittsburgh. I just – I don't know. I, just, I get trusting Pickett more than Willis because he played at a higher level. Um, he played in Pittsburgh. He's you know knows the area. They got to see him at practice. They played in their stadium. Oh, my goodness, they saw plenty of them. So they knew him very well. He just – Mitch Trubisky's there, and I don't see Pickett being better than Mitch Trubisky. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom Alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with Alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. Buy four tires and get up to $200 in savings after rebate at Bell Tire's year-end sale. Or get even more in Bell Tire gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Plus, get tires as low as 49 bucks after rebate. Get up to 200 in savings. Or get even more in gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Get up to 200 in savings and choose the lowest tire price, period, at Bell Tire. 100 years of getting folks safely back on the road fast and affordably. See store or belltire.com for details. Restrictions apply. Uh, no, I, again, I think being from Pittsburgh, I think there's some, you know, benefits to that with the team and the fan base. I think if they're smart, Trubinsky will be the quarterback this year. And I think he'll have to look at it as an audition, um, you know, a little bit of where he was in Buffalo, but he should get to be the starter this year. And I think then it could help him, you know, if Pickens ends up being the guy they want, which I think would be what they're after, um, you know, Trubinsky having a year as a starter could probably put him in good shape um, for next year. So I don't know now if it gets to be a quarterback controversy during the year, um, then it'll be tough, you know, um, on him there from that standpoint. But, um, yeah, I think Pickens, you know, looking at it now, could have they got him in the second round or would somebody have come up and got him? You don't really know that. Yeah, Pickett is the quarterback. Pickens is the receiver they drafted. Uh, in the second or third round. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I agree with you. I don't know. I don't know how everybody else had picket valued. I don't know if other guys would have got him in the second round. When we got to day two, Dad, Titans had the third overall pick in the second round, and I was on the the Belly Up Fantasy Show, and I said it makes sense for the Titans to take Malik Willis here. They passed on him at number three in the second round. They got him in the third round at 86, and I think the value there is just phenomenal for for Malik Willis. He fits the system that's already in place. He no pressure to start this year. He'll sit behind Tannehill for possibly two years, and uh, and then and then have a chance to take over from there. I love the pickup for Tennessee, uh, getting Malik Willis at number eighty six overall. Yes, he. Has, I mean, you know, he has great potential. Um, I'm, you know, I don't never, I never know how the Titans are going to handle things and handle players. So I don't know if they'll handle this right. But yeah, if he's just buying Tannehill for a year or two, um, he's a guy that definitely would have the physical ability. And um, you know, right now, yes, he would fit into the system. Um, again, you know, that with losing the receiver Brown, that was a little bit of a difference. But again, I think Tannehill, apart from injury, should be, you know, good. And if, if, you know, 
Willis goes into it with the idea of, hey, I got a couple of years to learn and get used to it. If that all works fine, uh, Tennessee has a history of having quarterback controversies in the past. Now they've stuck with Tannehill, but they really haven't had a guy behind him that you really had a chance um, to challenge him. So um, be interested to see how they handle it. But um, no, it's a good spot for him. And I think it's definitely better they got him in the third than the second. Yeah, Matt Corral goes as well to Carolina. He might be the first rookie quarterback to play this year. Um, sitting yeah. behind Sam Darnold. I mean, you know, hello. Uh, so Matt Corral goes, but a decent spot. They got some talent there at wide receiver. Um, the receivers, the former receivers, Steve Smith, very vocal on the fact that do not want Baker Mayfield in Carolina. They go out and get Matt Corral. And like I said, in a perfect world, you drafted in the third round. You're not, you're not going to get a whole lot of pressure to play, but – Sitting beside behind Sam Darnold, you start the season one and five. You better believe the uh, fan base is going to be clamoring to see some Matt Corral this year. Yes, again, if Corral can get healthy, I think he has potential of all the quarterbacks to do well, and I think he's in a great spot there in Carolina. Um, you know, he won't have to start immediately. I think they, I mean, unless Darnold really, really surprises, I think before the year's over, uh, Corral would get a chance um, so they can see exactly what they got, but they've got time for him to get healthy and get in that position, so I, I think it's, it's a really good spot for him. I'm not sure if anybody took a bigger fall had they not had they come out last year versus this year and then Sam Howell who would have been a first first round pick possibly the first overall pick he was being told he was going to be the first overall pick this year had he go back to North Carolina and he did go back to North Carolina and everything went kaboom for him I uh, lost two running backs to the draft he lost receivers offensive linemen everything went against Sam Howell last year at North Carolina he gets taken in the fifth round number one forty four overall to the Washington Commanders. And Dad, from Washington, I'm ecstatic about this. Number one, Sam Howell has talent. Number two, there is zero pressure to play Sam Howell. Number three, you got Carson Wentz there, who may not be the greatest quarterback of all time. That's put it lightly. Um, and you got a kid with so much potential that, that maybe a year on behind Carson Wentz, maybe two years behind Carson Wentz, Sam Howell actually ends up being a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think this is a Great pick by Washington in the fifth round. And again, you're out nothing really if he doesn't pan out. But I think there's potential. Sam Howell could be an a average to above average NFL starting quarterback. No, he has, he's in a good spot. Like I said, there's no pressure there. And I think playing with Carson Wentz and being behind him, that's, that's probably a good guy in, in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, it could work out real well for him and real well for Washington. Uh, other value picks that I had non-quarterbacks wise, we kind of already talked about some of these. Nicobe Dean, third round, 83 overall to Philadelphia, a, a big get for Philadelphia. Um, let's see here. Jacksonville, they got Lloyd at 27, uh, Fortner starting offensive lineman at 65, and uh, Muma at 70, I thought were great picks. We talked about the Jets already. Jermaine Johnson going back up and getting him at 26. Great value for him. Um, and the Jets just made a lot of improvement. Baltimore, getting Travis Jones in the third round, 76 overall. He's the defensive lineman from UConn. Most people had him in the second round. So to get him at 76, I thought was a pretty pretty good get for them. And then the other one I have, that is Pittsburgh. I didn't love Pittsburgh's draft, but Calvin Allen in the fourth round, the wide receiver from Memphis, 138 overall. I think he will contribute right off the bat as well. Um, and he was the second receiver they took. They got George Pickens from Georgia, who I talked about in previous episodes. Absolutely love George Pickens, uh, but he's got health issues. Calvin Allen uh, coming in in the fourth round, I think, is a big get. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh actually has a pretty decent wide receiver core now. When you include Allen and Pickens with Johnson and uh, Chase Claypool, they, they're pretty solid at that, at that spot, too. So those are kind of the guys that I looked at and said, boy, um, good picks. Uh, good moves and uh, good patience by the teams to get those guys. Any comment on those guys or any anything else value-wise that you want to talk uh, about? No, I agree with those guys. What do you think about Ritter? It seemed like he's probably in a good spot there in Atlanta, too, as far as the other quarterback is concerned. So, uh, for me, I have to wait and see on Ritter. I, I like his attitude. Um you know, he's going to get him a Super Bowl, he said, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I can appreciate all that. I, I don't know. I would have taken Willis if I was Atlanta. I thought the fit would have been good there. 
again, and Ritter fits what they're doing with Marcus Mariota and stuff as well. But I thought Willis made more sense in Atlanta uh, than than Ritter does. But uh, you know, I like Ritter. I thought Ritter would be the third quarterback off the board. He was the second. Uh, for me, though, Atlanta's kind of a question mark all the way around because they, you know, they went out and got a receiver, but I mean. They got one receiver. <laughs> you know, they got a tight end that's supposed to be really good, of course, as well. They just have a long ways to go before they're going to be good again. And they're going to have to add several more pieces for Ritter to be successful, I think. Uh, and Atlanta's the one, is it the team I'm down on? I just, I'm not big on what they've done. Um, and I'd, so for that reason, I guess for me, I'm a little down on the Ritter situation, at least him having success here in the next four or five years. I think it's going to be really, really hard for Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I'm just wondering what your thoughts were on that. And, um, you know, we'll see. I think it's a little bit like Carolina. I mean, if Mariota doesn't pan out, he might have a shot to play. Um, but Mariota may fit real well with them. We'll see. You know, it, as high as he was drafted, it'd be good for Mariota to turn out, you know, to be a good quarterback, but we'll see. Yeah. And the difference between Carolina and Atlanta, Carolina has more talent than Atlanta does. So even if Atlanta starts off rough, you might be hurting Ritter more than helping him by putting him into play. Um, and I think, you know, Arthur Smith, I think he's a fairly patient guy. They know they're in this for the long haul just with the moves that they've made. I think they'll be patient with Mariota. And, and honestly, I kind of, for Mariota's sake, I hope that he does decent. hope he does well. And uh, but that team is just not going to be good, and that makes it pretty rough for any quarterback. Uh, bad value picks, Dad. I had three. We've already talked about all three of them. Um, Pickett for Pittsburgh, uh, Dallas, Tyler Smith, and New England's Cole Strange. Those were my three just bad value picks. Um, once you get in the later rounds, I don't think you really have bad value anymore. Uh, maybe other than taking wrong positions, but. Those were the three guys that stood out to me. We talked about them when we talked about the teams as well. Any bad value picks in your opinion? Um, no. Um, I, I think they're in good shape. One of them I thought you might say because you weren't as high on him in the draft, and I think they made a good pick was the Chargers picking Zach Johnson. Um, I know you thought probably think he went a little early, but um, from what I had read about him, he's going to be a very good offensive lineman, and he's got he's got flexibility and position, and I think that'll be good. Yeah, he. Um, I wasn't that high on him. I had him as a high second second round grade. Um, but there's something about him, his size, what he can bring, and to the fit, too. I think the fit in, in L.A. was good. So I wasn't as down on them. Of course, they were not winners in my book, nor losers. Uh, definitely wasn't super high on him. But I don't think that was a reach like Cole Strange was. Um, and I think it was still a better pick than Tyler Smith's. <laughs> so, so when I'm looking at those kinds of things, that's kind of where I'm sitting at uh, when it comes to uh, Johnson there and the Chargers as well. Um, we got to talk about Quay Walker because I'm assuming there will be people listening to this going, wait a second, you said losers, you said bad value. Quay Walker, the Packers drafted him um, a lot higher than people had him ranked. I had him down there going to Cincinnati at 31. So that was nine picks later. Um, Packers go up and get them. And I, I'm overly optimistic about this draft pick, dad, but I want to get your thoughts on Quay Walker as well. Well, I, I think he fits, you know, he fits the system. And of course, everything I read, I mean, the they really strengthened the defense and they, the defense ended strong last year. Um, and, you know, with the things they plugged in here, um, but barring injuries, they're going to be not only real, real good, but they're going to be fairly deep. And this was a position where they really could use somebody. And I think, you know, you and I had talked about it on, on, on Friday that, um, the, he really fits their system size wise. He can cover tight ends. Um, he's got a great mentor with Devondre Campbell there, and it's probably just a real good situation. I know I saw him play a little bit in college, and he he is a playmaker and a, a guy there again. You know, he only started one year, I guess, so there's some question there. But it seems like his attitude is good, and um, it may end up being a, a, a real good pick. Um, there, I think some people thought they would take Wyatt there um, instead of Walker, maybe, and then they got Wyatt, you know, a little later on, which was a good pick. Well, some people would be me. Yeah, I, I mocked Wyatt there at twenty-two to the Packers. 
He goes to him at 28, which I think is a phenomenal pickup for them. He could have been on my best value uh, list as well. I think that's a great pickup for them uh, there. And then, um, you know, Walker. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with Alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. I agree. Yeah, I think he's a perfect fit for what they do. Uh, Do I like Devin Lloyd better than Walker? Yeah. Do I like N'Kobe Dean better? not knowing everything about his injury stuff. Yes, as well. But I do think he is a good fit. And that's why I'm so optimistic about it as well. Um, one of the problems that I have being on shows with with non-Packer fans is they just read lists and stats and things, and they don't actually see the games. So one of the guys that was on the show that I was on for the draft, um, you know, his deal is, well, the Packers spent all kinds of money on linebackers. And I'm sitting there going, well, yeah, on Devondre Campbell and on the rush, you know, the edge rushers, that's not the same thing. And, you know, they're not spending a whole lot of money on, was it Chris Bryant uh, or whatever his name was uh, last year? So I don't, I think it was an area of need. Um, I think is a, a, a smart selection overall. It will, time will tell, um, you know, how it works out, obviously, as it will with every pick in the NFL draft. So uh, I don't know. I feel like at the end of the day, I'm okay with it, and I'm going to trust that it went right. Uh, they shouldn't have drafted a wide receiver. People say, well, they should have traded up for a wide receiver. Well, again, uh, I think they they had some conversations, but they weren't going to get, without losing both their first-round picks, they weren't going to get up to number 11 to get a guy, and they didn't want to lose both first-round picks. So it didn't make sense for them to move up. They wait and get a guy later on with wide receiver that they like. Um, and at the end of the day, I think they come out with the best they could uh, in this draft, and and I'm happy with it. I give them like a B plus uh, to a B as well, uh, so higher end of average. And you know, we'll see we'll see how it all shakes out for sure. Uh, let's talk about uh, a situation that we've talked about before, not in specific, but uh, the NIL deal uh, reared its ugly head. Dad, Miami's uh, player comes out Wong. He comes out and he says. I'm entering the transfer portal unless you pay me more money. And now he's since backed off on that. But isn't that what we've been concerned about with this NIL deal stuff? Yes. I mean, uh, you know, the, the NIL thing, you know, without any controls, which are more controls than they have, is going to be problems. And this was, you know, I, this is what everybody knew was going on, but it came to light. I mean, you know, the idea is, hey, these kids – Man, they need to get a share of the profits. These kids need to be able to make some money. You know, okay, we're going to help these kids out. Uh, yeah, we're going to help these kids out. Now, all of a sudden, it's, it's well, hey, I'm going to go to this school if I can get more. Um, and so that's, you know, uh, that's what everybody worried. Everyone knows, I think, that with the NIL, you know, different schools that have bigger pools are going to more kids and there's a lot of discussion I'm sure with kids and parents about what's available in the NIL market but this you know to come out this this bold about it um, you know it's, it's not hiding anything there so um, but, you mm-hmm. know again I there, there's going to be it's going to be a couple of years they're going to have to get it under control or it's going to blow up but we'll, we'll see how it goes who's to blame is it is it this kid um Isaiah Wong, is it his agent? Is it his parents? Is it players? Is it coaches? Is it NCAA? I mean, I look at it and go, okay, the kid has an agent. What's the agent's job? The agent's job is to get the kid as much money as possible and to make himself a lot of money as well. So the agent obviously is going to be pushing, hey, you can make more money here. Hey, you can make more money here. College kids shouldn't have agents. And and this NIL stuff is going to cause all kinds of issues this way. Isaiah Wong comes out originally. Um, the way I understand it is another kid was getting paid more or transfer got paid a certain amount and he felt like he should have gotten more money, uh, with the year that he had last year, you know, he's, he still has his name in the NBA draft. He could pull out still if he wants to I think June 1st is the deadline for that. 
But he has announced he's not going to, after he sat down and talked with Life Wallet, uh, who is the one paying him the money, and uh, they're going to continue the arrangement as planned, and he's going to stay at Miami if he does not uh, end up staying in the draft. Um, oh, man, just again, when you talk about his agent came out and said, I immediately go, yeah, this isn't good. <laughs> this is this is bad. Uh, agents are always looking for more money, and they don't care about the situation the kid is in. And uh, that's going to that's gonna hurt a lot of people here before it's all said done. Hopefully people learn from this because obviously there was a lot of backlash when it happened. Hopefully kids have watched and learned, hey, I can't come out and say, even if I'm thinking it, I can't come out and say it uh, and, and blame the NIL deal for that as well. Um, just just absolute craziness uh, for sure on, on that end. Uh, any other comments on, on that? No, I mean, you asked who to blame, and I think, it's the NCAA. It stops there. Um, they're they're going to have to get some control of it, or 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 they're, it's going to continue to. The NCAA is probably in some trouble anyhow these days. And um, but I think they're to blame for this. Okay. Well, I'll still blame the agent, uh, but uh, I I know the NCAA definitely shares a burden uh, of blame as well. Uh, let's talk some baseball, Dad, uh, before we wrap up today. Of course, the baseball season is about 20-some games into the season. Uh, so far, the New York baseball Mets are looking pretty solid to get started uh, on the season. The Brewers have things rolling now as well. Um, let's go to the NL West, though. You're a Giants fan. Just like last year, the Giants are right there on top. They're 14-7 and seven as of this recording. The Dodgers right behind them at 13-7. and seven. The Padres right there at 14 and eight and the Rockies actually not that far off at 12 and nine as well. So uh, are the giants going to continue to do what they did last year? Um, I, I think there's a good chance they will. I mean, they're, they're playing good baseball. And I think um, like I said, you know, a lot of people thought, well, last year would just be a fluke and maybe it will end up being that way. But again, it's a tough division, but the giants are playing well. And um, I see no reason why they can't. You know, when you talk about surprise teams in the National League, I think the Giants and the Rockies. I think everybody thought the Rockies, you know, would would wouldn't be anything at all, and and they may struggle before it's over. But um, they've been a real surprise so far. Yeah, they definitely have. San Francisco, I'll tell you, they are a fluke, and and here's why: not in a bad way. They're not going to be a horrible team or anything, but they're six and four at home. Last year, they were a lot better at home. I think you're just looking at who they've played so far has been a portion of that. I think the Dodgers will eventually run away with the division uh, there. Central, it's the Milwaukee Brewers and everybody else chasing St. Louis, as we talked about before the season. They're kind of the only team that's going to challenge Milwaukee in the Central. The Reds, they've won three games, Dad. Um, But it's, you know, talking to Reds fans is a very depressing thing to do these days. Yeah, yeah, it, it it is. The Reds are in bad shape, and it's only going to get worse as the year goes on. So, another team doing well is the Miami Marlins. They're twelve and eight. They've surprised so far this season. Philadelphia is behind them. The Braves are behind them. The Braves will get better once they get healthy. But like I said, the Mets kind of leading the way right now. Degrom hasn't been pitching because he's injured, but uh, it seems like the Mets are are on pace to be really good this year. They got guys like Lindor who had a bad season last year, doing decent this year. Things are k- kicking around for the Mets, and uh, and, and looks like they're going to be the team to beat in the National League East. Yes, yeah, the Mets are, are what you know. There's talked about before the season, and um, yeah, right now at this part of the season, they're definitely one of the strengths in the in the NL. And the American League will start with the West. The Angels are finally looking like the team. We all thought they should have been two or three years ago. Uh, they lead the way at 14 and eight. The Mariners, the Astros, and the A's are all very close behind uh, and packaged together there. The Rangers in last place. I assume Houston will eventually kick it into gear, but at this point, at the Angels, Shohei Otani is kind of leading the way and, and uh, doing what he does, and it's working for the Angels so far. Is this the year we finally see the Angels back in the postseason? 
Um, could be the Angels are doing well, and I think Seattle is you know doing well also, and and um, that can be someone that challenges them. But um, we'll we'll see if the Angels can hold up or not. But yeah, that's been a surprise. I you know everybody thought Houston would be the team there, and Houston um, is is not in that spot yet. Like you said, they may get better. The National League Central only has one team, or excuse me, the American League Central only has one team above 500. It's the Minnesota Twins at 13 and 9. The Guardians and the White Sox, the Royals and the Tigers, all with 12 or 13 losses uh, here in this season. This is going to be the ugly division this year. Last year it was the, the National League East. This year it's the American League Central, just an ugly, ugly division. You would think that the White Sox will be better. They were supposed to be. So you would think they may recover from this. But, yeah, it's a real, real surprise at this point. Yeah, 2-7 and seven on the road is not helping them out at all. Then, finally, the American League East. You have the Yankees and the Blue Jays on top leading the division. Tampa's at 12-10. and 10. The Red Sox below 500. they They're 9-13. and 13. And the Orioles, we knew were going to be bad at 7 and 14. Uh dad the Blue Jays look like they they might be for real finally. Uh we knew it was coming eventually cuz all the young talent they have but can they actually compete with the Yankees when it's all said and done? Um I mean, you know, it looks like it can. It should that should be a real good division, a good battle and I think Tampa um you know is stay, is going to stay in it too. So those three teams and again being in the same division they'll play each other a lot. Um, but, you know, the Yankees are off to a good start. So, Final question for you, Dad. When are you going to trade me Corbin Burns in fantasy baseball? Uh, I'm doing everything <laughs> I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's a good question. Probably, um, probably when the Reds get in first place in the division. Okay. All right, I'll remember that. Uh, <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, anything else you want to add before we close up today? No, like I said, you know, the, the NFL draft was very enjoyable. It was good. And of course now football season, you know, we'll, we'll get into, they'll have a break here in a little while before training camp, but we'll be having, um, you know, different camps and stuff like that with uh, rookie mini camps and, and mini camps and that. So be a lot of talk. And again, there's been a lot of movement in the NFL and there still could be, you know, is there a home for Baker Mayfield? Um, what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo? Those are questions that still you know, have to be answered uh, there. And of course, baseball season, full swing hockey playoffs start this week. The Predators, did make the playoffs and uh, their goalie got injured, but supposed to be back in time for the playoffs. And uh, so hockey will start up this week too, which I love to follow with the Predators. Yep. And NBA's in the middle of their playoffs as well. So a lot of things happening sports wise for sure. I want to remind people you can follow us on social media at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram. Congratulations to Christopher Brown, by the way, for winning our, our draft um, challenge, uh, mock draft challenge. He won that contest. So he'll be the proud winner of a hot logic stove uh, that'll be coming his way as well. Uh, I want to remind people, if you like fantasy baseball, myself and Kevin Wilson host the belly up fantasy baseball live. It's every Sunday live at eight o'clock on belly up TV, but you can also catch the podcast version, Apple podcast, Spotify, and other places. Just look up belly up fantasy baseball and it'll pop up there for you as well. We'll cover everything for you there. Also, All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Sports Stove Podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday with an all-new episode, the local hour, talking about EKU sports. And then we'll be back on Friday to discuss all the latest sports news around the world. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design.